So now that I have the headset, this is so that we can win over the red pillars. <laughs> and it'll be wonderful. <laughs> um, okay, so. Yeah, you need that and like a can of uh, like Monster. I like don't that. think they sell that here, even though you can no, find it on don't. like every motorbike. I don't understand why that is. <laughs> how that good is. Point. It's weird. Um, okay. So, um, welcome to Two Ladies in the Kingdom with Emma and Sylvie, the two ladies in the kingdom. Uh, <laughs> quick, quick shout out to the Low Blow, um, which is the female grain guard that Emma and I both use. And um, I was watching a video of my WMC title fight with Mary, and there's a part where she knees me in the groin and like lifts me off of the ground. And I was like, that's why you wear a low blow. <laughs> I actually have mine right here, by complete coincidence, actually. That's perfect. It's in the bag, though, Emma. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> I do keep it in the bag. There you go. That's very polite right. of you. But I, have, I don't have the new fancy version that you have that has, like, the lining on the outside. Why don't you put the lining on? I don't have it. You don't have it. I have one. I'll give you one when I see you. I never see you. Um, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> we'll have to figure out a way to see each other for the for the handoff. It's like a it's like a drug deal for our groin guards or something. <laughs> yeah, I have I have the older version that doesn't have that, but it's still good. Still good. Um, okay, so uh, this morning Emma and I tried to uh, start this, and it didn't go because I had to go get my fancy headset. But in the time that is past since we were talking today and now tie fight has actually happened <laughs> so um tie fight samoy was the uh first time that women have been featured on a tie fight show and i remember juliana rosa saying that she had spoken to the people of tie fight and they said that they weren't going to have females ever um and then she got to fight for them today so um emma what's your take on the female fights on tie fight um, when it first came about, um, it was you who first told me months and months and months ago that they were eventually going to have women's fights. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Um, and I guess it should be really cool, but I'm really underwhelmed by it. In my opinion, it might as well not be happening at all. Like I was just uh, checking on the, the TIE Fight Facebook page right now. They're posting all the results of all the other fights with no mention of the female fights. <laughs> They're not on the poster. They like haven't even mentioned them at all. They yeah. want to be televised. Like, what's the point? Yeah, um, <laughs> it's. I don't want to say that it's nothing because obviously it's not nothing. It is a step in a direction. I just, um, I guess, am not uh, legitimately excited by it, and so it's hard for me to kind of uh, force excitement about it <laughs> because it. I don't feel like it makes a huge difference. But maybe, uh, maybe the fights were for the people who were there and could actually see them, uh, maybe there's something that they're going to want to see again and, and it will progress in that direction, which would be nice. I mean, I hope so. I mean, I probably just sound like a complete spoiled brat, but like, I don't know. It's Like I said, it's, it's not that impressive to me. They're not promoting it at all. I don't know if they're just putting them on as a novelty or if they have any like intention to promote them further and put them on the main card or what. Yeah. I do like that the uh, with the two yeah, I guess with the two Thai women that they have fighting. There's the potential for them to start promoting those women. Um, for people who are not super familiar with Thai fight, um, it 
promotes Thai fighters. <laughs> Thai fight. Uh, so often they're matched against Westerners in not the greatest matchups, but they create really spectacular fights. Um, and without having seen uh, either of those fights, because nobody sees them unless they're in the audience, um, maybe they'll maybe they'll be promoting these women um, that are at surprisingly high weights for Thai women, actually fifty eight and sixty seven. Yeah, they are. Yeah, so that's that part's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully, there'll be more of it. Yeah, but what what about Angel Fight, which we have so many <laughs> wonderful things to say about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have lots of opinions about that. But um, so, when did the first round happen? Was that like last month? I thought it was this month. I thought it was April. You're right. It was. We're right at the end of April now. Um, yeah, and the only fights that got televised on that show were like the first three or four, which were all, in my opinion, pretty terrible matchups. Mm. Um, none of them were exciting at all. Although the, the matchups into the second round um, actually seemed pretty good, but the first round was not exciting at all. I we watched um, online because we don't get the the channel that was carrying it. So um, I was absolutely relieved that Chomini's fight made it onto the broadcast, even though they had that incredibly long intro that made us think that we were only going to see like two fights yeah um, for some reason um fight shows in thailand like on tv they always have like 20 to 30 minutes of speeches at the beginning mm. by like people that nobody gives a fuck about <laughs> <laughs> nobody gives a fuck and they like talk for like 30 minutes and then that one lady i swear she said may the force be with you in her speech <laughs> I have no idea what else she said, but that really caught my attention. Um, <laughs> Emma and I were, were texting to each other when this was going on, and Emma was like, did she just actually say, may the force be with you? She it did. Was, it was very funny. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the thing about uh, Muay Thai Angels is that it's one of probably the biggest produced, most expensive, most money awarded um promotions for female fighters which is should on its surface be really exciting and Chomini being the first winner that was really exciting at the time but they seem to have gone further in the direction of what was kind of uncomfortable about it to begin with um, which was this kind of fully made up uh, kind of ogling of female fighters and I think that uh, my difficulty in watching it was not even necessarily the overall quality of fighters but uh, like you said, the matchups were so bad. Um, yeah. When I talked to Stefan Fox, um, they had worked with him a little bit or gotten some kind of work with him because they used a lot of his IFMA fighters. Um, and he said that or initially they had given them permission to use their logo or their name or something. And then when he saw that it was going to be this like full makeup thing, he had them pull their name. He didn't want that association. Um, That's very interesting. It is, because the IFMA works really hard for gender equality. Um, mm -hmm. But he said that he had, he had forced them to do an actual random draw um, for the matchups. As in they weren't going to do that originally? Yeah, like maybe they wanted to, you know, kind of uh, put them together to make sure that they got the people that they wanted for the next round or whatever the thing is. Um, whoever got Lucy Payne was going to have a really hard time. <laughs> She's like six feet tall. Uh, kind of and it thing. ended up being the shortest person out of all of the fighters who and, who was coming up several weight classes anyway. Yeah, and very small. She's uh, <laughs> Fanny is very small for this competition, um, but I think that 
that because it was a random draw and because literally every match was so bad, um, that goes to show who they pulled into the competition to begin with. And I know that they overlooked really good fighters in the, that weight class for yep. the purpose of their promotions. And I don't know, I would love to see Pet Dapi on a promotion like that, but at the same time, I know that they only have two Thai fighters and then they had two Chinese and then everyone else is from everywhere else, right? So Yeah, I mean, originally, Sao Sing was going to be in it as well. Really? Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was Nam Dan, Jomani, and Sao Sing who were going to be in it. Because at that time, when it was all coming together was when I was working for them. And my whole role was to recruit the fighters. They sent me out to, to recruit all of these girls. Um, but in the end, because it was so poorly organized, it, kept getting, it got pushed back two or three times, I think. And a lot of the fighters ended up having to drop out. And I think that's how they ended up getting some of these other girls in who were in, in these kind of shitty matchups in the in the first round because <laughs> they had to pull people in at the last minute who weren't really who were in the weight class and yeah yeah so i so yeah so i was saying gonna be originally i don't know what happened with that but well, she, she was she's on the national team so maybe she couldn't do it because she had to go do the the belarus ifma that she's leaving for in a couple of days um i would love to have seen her um fight on tv like that although i can't think of <laughs> it also not being a really shitty matchup if she had been in any of those first uh first round or whatever um for me the most painful part maybe just as a clinch fighter was seeing how women in general around the world don't really know how to clinch um uh -huh. so someone just being able to grab the head made it a blowout, which should not be the case. Like the, the disparity in knowing one thing versus literally knowing nothing. Like there was a Chinese girl who had a really beautiful right cross, but that was literally her only move. Um, uh, with, uh, with, uh, Sophia Lawson, right? Yeah, that was, that was difficult to watch. Um, yeah, but this next round, as you said, does look more exciting. Um, I think that, uh, oh man, I am completely forgetting her name, the, the woman from Australia and South Africa? Yolanda Smith. Yolanda, how do I not remember Yolanda's name? Uh, I think Yolanda's <laughs> going to be really uh, difficult for most people because of her body punches. So no matter who she's facing, and she is facing Namdan right away, I think that's going to be, um, that's going to bring her pretty far. So we'll see whether Namdan's knees can block that. Yeah, that actually will be a good fight. I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Mm. I'm really excited. You weren't as excited. I mean, I'm actually... I'm excited about the Japanese girl. I like her a lot. Yeah, yeah, she was cool. Yeah. I'm hoping with the with the next show that all of the fights will make it to TV this time. <laughs> well, there are fewer of them, so hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think with the last one, because we said there was so much like bullshit in the lead-up and they had only time for a few fights, I think they kind of rushed Chomini to get ready. Like, okay, you have to go on now because it's the mm -hmm. last fight. It's going to yeah. be on TV, and then we didn't get to see any of the other ones. And they haven't released any video of the other fights that didn't make it to TV, which really sucks. That's really frustrating to me, because how do you promote fighters if you can't watch them fight? Like, their, their well, yeah. sexy photos are not that great, so <laughs> it's not enough to promote they, they, them. Well, <laughs> they were something else, those photos. <laughs> they were kind of uncomfortable. Um... So I was a little bit bummed out. This this doesn't fully have to do with um, Muay Thai Angels 
but it does a little bit and it transitions a little bit to the topic of the IFMAs, but the power couple of Muay Thai is Loma and Chomini, and it appears that they've broken up, I hope, temporarily. Um, but it made me really sad to see. I was, like, stalking their Facebook pages and checking both of them to make sure that both of them said single and all this <laughs> stuff. But um, uh, I'm, sure it's, I'm sure it's difficult. Um, neither of them fight a whole lot. Loma is on the national team, so she's really fighting almost exclusively internationally. And then Chomini is on this, like, complete... Uh, promotion circuit for angels and they're all these like fully made up kind of sexy photo shoots all the time and I just I don't know whether that was a catalyst in any way but uh, given the like ultimate tragedy of Tom D relationships being that the D kind of moves on at some point it it feels really shitty to me personally it's not about me but it makes me really sad (laughs) it's about me Emma I'm upset that they broke up (laughs) That's funny. Well, you're just going to have to keep stalking and see what comes out. Yeah. Um, but so the, the Thai team is leaving for um, Belarus really soon. And they have three women on their team. They have Sao Sing, who you said was going to be in Angels and, and wasn't. She's at 57. Uh, Loma is at 48 this year. She usually fights at 45, but they got rid of that weight category for this time around. Um, so I think that's her walk around mm-hmm. weight, more or less. Um and then it was going to be Lomani at 51. She had actually already qualified. Um, and you can't switch people out when they've qualified. So her not being able to go means that the girl who replaced her, Nong Peng, has to qualify in this fight in Belarus to qualify for Worlds, which is the next thing. So actually all three of these women have to qualify for Worlds, uh, which is going to be, I think, in June or July. Um, okay. By, they have to win gold in this in order to qualify. So I don't know what Lomini's fight was that qualified her prior. Um, but what's kind of incredible to me is that I follow female Muay Thai pretty closely. Um, and I've seen Nong Peng's name before, but totally brushed her off because I never saw her in reference to anything else. So when I looked her up today, she has 174 fights three years ago with only one defeat. And so I asked the guy who writes about female Muay Thai in Muay Siam because he would know. He knows everybody. And he confirmed that she has a record like that. And he's like, oh, well, she lost one more time because she lost to Loma. And I'm like, two out of 200 fights? Like, are you kidding me? How the fuck do we not know who she is? I don't get it. I don't know. She's from Sarin, so she fights in Asan a lot. But I don't know why she's not on the national team prior to this. Like, if she can beat Loma Nee, why is she not on the team? It's crazy. Yeah. I have to do some digging about her. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. But uh, so she'll hopefully she'll qualify in this round to be able to go to Worlds. But if she's that undefeated, I I can't imagine that she doesn't have uh, international experience. Yeah, I was going to say with that record, it's likely <laughs> she'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> then she'll have like three losses. Which is crazy. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. Um. I'm trying to scroll on this computer with this mouse that didn't work at all. It's weird. <laughs> the headphones didn't make me smarter, Emma. I don't understand. That's not how they work, Zoe. <laughs> um, do you know, I think you know more than I do about the um, Thai lady fight or Thai fight lady? You said it's not happening. 
I know it was... Well, no, that was just my assumption that it's not happening because I have heard nothing about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I don't know if yeah. there's a, there's a yeah, lot sorry, to say about that. Because I don't know anything about it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, Teresa was originally going to be in, in it, wasn't she? Yeah, so was Namdan, I think. Um, but And they wanted to start at the same time that Angels was supposed to happen, and then it kind of didn't happen. Makes no sense at all. Yeah, so it's just to clarify yeah. for listeners, it has nothing to do with TIE Fight. Uh, but they call it TIE Fight Lady. And it's supposed to be like a tournament, kind of like TIE Fight, just in that it's three rounds and they're trying to do a little bit of international stuff. But they wanted to introduce belts for each weight class. And so they were trying to get like a pool of fighters for each weight class. Um, and incidentally, Teresa and Namdan, I think, would be in the same weight class. Um, but it's one of these things where like yep. female only promotions do happen and there's like one or two very familiar promoters who are putting these things together, but the disorganization is so strong <laughs> that they will just up and vanish yeah. because this thing just kind of doesn't exist now. So maybe it'll happen. Yeah, I don't know if it maybe, I mean, I know the trouble with, with Muay Thai Angels for so long is they had trouble getting sponsors. Right. But that's another and reason. That's why isn't that why Teresa That's dropped why out? Is it, it was supposed to go to China and she couldn't do it? Yeah, because they had, they, what they had told me is that they couldn't get any sponsorship in Thailand, so they had to do it in China. And then Teresa was like, oh, I can't take part because it's happening in China. And then they were like, just kidding, it's in Bangkok anyway. And she'd already dropped out. And yeah, so I don't know if she has any fights coming up, but yeah, this I'd is be pissed the, if I was her. Even for the next round of, of angels, which is not scheduled yet. Like they don't have a hard date. Uh, when I was talking to, um, they do have a date. Oh, Kevin says it's supposed to be on the 8th of May, which is really? coming up pretty soon. But it's difficult to bring women from all over the world each time for visas and paying for that stuff and all of that stuff. Like Natalie Morgan was telling me that when they decided to do it in China, it completely screwed up the visa that she currently had for Thailand. And so she had to go home and then now it's in Bangkok anyway. <laughs> so it's like, it's a nightmare. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to take a lot of money. Yeah. We're saying that Christy was just fighting in China. Yeah. So she had one fight in China. It wasn't a tournament or anything. Okay. She's, um, she's an interesting person in female Muay Thai because she started so young and then she became a mother and came back. Yeah. She has two kids. I think so. Yes. Wow. There's a, there's an American woman, Jill, who, uh, is just coming back to her first fight. I think tonight, actually, uh, Jill Guido. Um, and she has one kid. So she was out for, I guess, like three or four years, and she's just coming back. And I just, I don't know how women do that. It's so hard to come back, and your body changes, and like Sussing coming back after having a baby, and it's just, it's amazing. I was just going to say, Sussing came back really quickly. Yeah. Like, within a year, she was fighting again. I think her, I think winter was eight months when she uh, came back to Dejrat Gym already. Which, uh, that's crazy. Ajahn Surat doesn't fuck huh. around. That guy is really hardcore. So she was not like easing back into it. She was going really hard. Wow. She's awesome. She is awesome. Um, I wanted to mention 
that uh, the Taipei Stadium up in Chiang Mai has a website where you can watch their fights every night. Uh, they start at 9 p.m. Thai time, and it's a weird website a little bit. It's livefox.me, and then you have to like go up into the player and hit this little orange button on the right to make it go. But the reason this is interesting for us is that uh, Taipei always has two female fights on every card. Uh, there's usually seven fights, and two of them are female fights, which is really cool. Um, so you can watch female Muay Thai live from Thailand every night. Uh, and there's a guy out of Lana Muay Thai, he's a German fellow, uh, Sebastian, who started a project called Faces of Muay Thai, uh, which is on Instagram. And he takes portraits of the fighters after their fights and kind of puts a little uh, description of what he likes about how they fight. Uh, or who they are and that kind of thing. And he does a really good job when he's talking about the women. You can tell that he's actually a fan of uh, their fighting styles and who some of these women are. So I'm excited about that. I wrote a blog post about it. But um, being able to watch yes, female really cool. Muay Thai. I didn't, I didn't know about this Instagram account until you wrote that blog post. Yeah, I didn't know about it until like four days before I wrote that blog post. So. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, and it's very I knew cool. that they like live streaming the fights, but I didn't realize that they had female Muay Thai every night. Otherwise, I actually would have paid more attention to it. <laughs> <laughs> I usually just kind of scroll past it. If I see dudes fighting and I'm like, oh, watch it for a minute. And then if it doesn't excite me, I'll just keep going. Uh, yeah, you're like, uh, not into the blind boxers tonight, but <laughs> maybe tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just not doing it for me. Um, Petji Jha just fought. Uh, up in Maha Sarakam. She fought against this girl named Champu, who's actually trying to get on the Thai national team eventually. Um, you fought her, right? You fought Champu. I did fight her. It's actually a horrible matchup for Petji Jha. Um, I don't know who made that fight, and usually she doesn't. Petji Jha does not fight people without like a significant side bet, usually, so I don't know who. This one had 100,000 baht, right? I, di I didn't see that, but if that's what you saw, probably. Um, but when I fought. Uh, Champu, she could not clinch with me, um, and I knocked her out in like the third or fourth round. And uh, Petji Jha is in a very, very strong clincher, so to to match her up with this girl, uh, even though I'm sure there was a slight weight disparity, um, that's not a good match. But so Petji Jha won, obviously. Um, of course. But since she moved over to Venom, she's actually been fighting fairly frequently, like once every two months. Uh, I is, think. She, is she at that gym full time now? I don't know how full-time it is. They might be training back at Omikun in the mornings or something like that, but both she and her brother Mawin have moved over to Venom for definitely for afternoon trainings. Um, and I think that's really, really good for both of them because they kind of were just each other and then people would cycle mm -hmm. through the gym, but they're never very good, the people who come through, because they're kind of beginners or they're just very small. Um, and so I think that Mawin kind of got stagnant uh, because he pretty much only had Petji Jaw or whatever boy was there who couldn't really challenge him, and so he was kind of stuck. Um, and he went to Bangkok for a little while, and then he got released out of that contract and came home. Um, and then I think it's really, really good for Petji Jaw to have exposure to uh, more people to train with. But in the training videos I've seen of her, it looks like she's kind of lost confidence uh, in herself a little bit, maybe from from being kind of playing with people who weren't challenging her for a really long time. But she's obviously doing really well in her fights uh, when she is fighting. Uh, I wanted to go into her two belts. Uh, for people who don't know, Petji Jha now has two world title belts. Um, and yep. the, 
the unfortunate thing about this is that female world title belts are bullshit. <laughs> and, yeah, same. It's, it's a little frustrating for Emma and me to be talking about female Muay Thai in such a negative tone all the time, but it's being unsatisfied with the bullshit. It's not that we think female Muay Thai sucks, it's that this is totally fucking unacceptable, and so you kind of have to talk about it as it really is. Yeah. Um, so she won a WMC 100-pound, 45-kilogram title against... Um, Pen Pet Sore Tian Chai in July, so like last year. Um, didn't you see that fight? Were you there? No, I wasn't there. Okay. We both that was saw a live that. stream, I think. Yeah, yeah. So we saw that fight and we were a little bit, uh, I don't know, it didn't seem like a, like a crazy blowout the way that it was kind of presented. Um, but so Pechi Jia became WMC title through that fight. Um, and then the, the strange bit <laughs> is... Uh, she fought against this girl, Petnari, who's actually really amazing. Um, she's, she knocked out uh, Lomani in round five of their fight at like 51, 52 kilos. So she's bigger than Pejija. Um, she's really strong. She fought Nong Stamp, who I just fought and lost to twice and beat her very easily in both of those fights. So she and Pejija fought on TV uh, for this WPMF title at... Uh, 105 pounds, which is 47.7 kilos, but neither of them weighed that. So, uh, Petnery somehow was yeah, able to weigh in fuck. at 49 <laughs> for a 47 kilo title. Um, it's like, so the, the belt was at one weight, and each of the fighters were a different weight. Yeah. None of it makes sense. So, they, they were on either side of that weight, which, on Petji Jaw's end, that's fine, because she weighed less than that. So, that that's fine. You can fight for a title that you don't meet, but Petnery didn't drop down to the weight that she was supposed to be at for the title, which I've actually seen um, Tanan Chinook do as well, which is fucking weird. Um, yeah. But it was the same promoter, incidentally, so I guess they have a thing with WPMF. Mm-hmm. The reason this title is so frustrating is that the title is not vacant. Um, the WPMF 47.7 kilo, 105-pound title belongs to this Japanese fighter, uh, named Haru Tajima. She's um, a teacher in Japan. I think she's like my age. And so when she won that belt, it was kind of her retirement fight, but she never announced that she was retiring. She never was like, I'm not going to fight anymore after this. She won it off of Duong Dao Noi, uh, who's a very good fighter and actually just went to Japan and smashed her opponent in a three-round no-elbows fight, which is kind of cool because Duong Dao Noi throws awesome elbows. And <laughs> so she... Didn't throw them in this yeah, fight. Yeah, she the shit out of you. <laughs> oh my god, she just fucking like bloodied my face up. Um, so she won this title. Duong Dao Noi won the title on uh, Nikonam Tom Day, which is March 17th, two years ago. She held that title for about one month, unfortunately, before she went to Japan and lost that title to yeah. um, Haru. Um, and then Haru was never asked to defend the belt, but it's been maybe two years um, and instead of telling her you have to defend this belt or uh, letting her know at all that it was being fought for by two other fighters, they just had two other fighters fight for it. And uh, Kevin and I actually have a connection in Japan, and so we asked about that, and they let Haru know. They asked her, and she was like, what? <laughs> so what the fuck? her response to the title that she holds basically just being given to two other fighters to fight for kind of lit a fire under her ass and apparently she's like starting back up training to try to come defend it which is really cool 
Um, That's awesome. The exact same thing happened to Kaylee Reese. She had a title that they didn't tell her someone else is fighting for this. They just got two other fighters to fight for it. And Kaylee's response was, this is some bullshit. And she actually retired and then came back. That was WMC. So, so both of the, the titles for women, WMC and WPMF that GJ holds are basically like, we just put the title wherever we want it. <laughs> like, a similar thing happened to Lucy Payne. Sorry, what? I didn't a similar thing happen to Lucy Payne. I didn't hear about that. Um, I don't follow her at all. So uh, did she, what, do you know what title it was? Um, I don't, I think it, I think it was WMC, but I can't remember, but I do remember seeing, it was like a local news website that had posted about how she hadn't been asked to defend a belt, but it had been, she'd kind of been stripped of it anyway. Mm. Yeah, and then this, this same promoter, uh, who put together the fight for Petnari and Petchy Ja, um, he had someone from England, uh, Lisa Brearley, she fought Ticha for her 51 kilo title with like a two week notice. Like there's no reason why Lisa should be fighting for that title other than that it was offered to her, but that's nothing wrong with Lisa. She didn't do anything wrong, but just looking at like, there is no ranking of like who should be fighting next or who's number one ranked. They never change these things. Haru is still listed as the title holder of this belt that now G. owns. It's like, it's a mess. Emma. Yeah, just so we'll pick whoever's around at the time and then you can fight for it. Yeah. Um, Loma fought Petnari and, and beat her up in Isan for like a 200,000 bot side bet or something. Um, I only ever saw like a short clip of it. They didn't put much up, but uh, she had this fantastic turn and throw on the ground because Loma's scary as shit when she's just throwing people around. Um, so the another thing uh, about ridiculous titles is that um saya ito japanese uh muay thai genius is what they call her um she beat little tiger who held the wpmf 100 pound title for a long time like little tiger had that belt forever and uh saya ito won it off of her and they gave little tiger an immediate title shot again to get it back and saya ito beat her again better (laughs) and with a broken foot um, and so they basically just had another fight <laughs> set up between Saya Ito and Little Tiger again to just keep giving Little Tiger chances to win the belt back. And Saya Ito, badass of all badasses, was like, I don't see a point in fighting her again for a third time. And she just vacated the belt. She was like, I can't fight for it because my foot's broken. And it makes no sense for me to just keep fighting the same girl who I took it from over and over again to give her a chance to finally, like, maybe no, it get doesn't it make back. Any sense. So, um, she, so they just really want Little Tiger to have that belt. I think Little Tiger might have it again because she fought someone else for it because Saito vacated, so they just let her fight for someone else with it. It's so ridiculous. Um, but Saya is getting ready to fight again. She's had some time off because of her broken foot, and they're uh, bringing in a Thai girl uh, to fight her in July or something. Um, but she had this um, like promo spot on TV that... I got to see and had someone translate for me because I don't speak Japanese, but I'm in it, which was kind of crazy. Um, Saya Ito and I fought for the, on the Queen's birthday for the Queen's Cup in, in um, Bangkok 2014, so three years ago. 
And Emma yeah. knows this because Emma helps get that fight for me through Master Donnie. That's true. It's awesome. And um, I was there. <laughs> you were there. And uh, it, was, it was kind of an amazing moment for me because I don't get to fight huge names very often. I just fight a lot. And uh, so beating her was like a really big moment for me in terms of like the mm, kind of non-questioning name of my opponent. Like people knew who my opponent was and it was kind of like she's amazing and this phenom and all of this stuff. And uh, for Saya Ito, that was a defining moment because losing to me was uh, pretty dramatic. She didn't know how to clinch at all. And the clip they use in the TV spot is me, like, throwing her on the ground and kneeing over her. <laughs> like, I'm going to hit her in the face. It looks really dramatic. And I was amazed that they chose that moment. But um, what she says is that she actually came to Thailand to train with me because it was such a intense loss for her and then she had an 11 fight winning streak after training with me and the reason that was kind of amazing to me is that I didn't know that she came specifically to train with me I thought she actually came to train with Pet G Jaw and then and that just happened to be where you were yeah because I had actually just moved to Pattaya not long like not even within a year I think and um they tried to set up a fight with me and a Japanese girl in Pattaya and it seemed like that was Saito, and I'd already beat her, and so the Japanese girl dropped out. And so I thought that she actually was trying to avoid me by training with me. <laughs> like, that she, uh -huh. she wouldn't have to fight me if she trained with me. So I didn't know that she came to learn with me. But it makes me really excited, one, that that's something that she thought to do and did do. But two, we worked together a lot in the clinch. Actually, twice she came to Thailand when I was still at Omikun, and we worked together. Um, and the second time she came, they were actually really mean to her at that gym, and they wouldn't let her clinch. Um, and so she kind of only clinched with me the second time she came out. Uh, and I tried to, like, show her uh, a few things. I wasn't the clincher that I am now, so I didn't have, like, a ton of tricks, but just, like, kind of small things. Um, and to have her see that as that uh, she came and trained with me and learned something and that it made a big difference in her career feels fucking awesome to me, especially because I'm working with these girls in May Rim. Like, uh... Clinching with Guang Tong, who's an opponent, a former opponent, and unfortunately, a recent opponent <laughs> of mine. <Yep. laughs> um, that's fucking cool that you can that you can work with your opponents and like grow together because that's an ethic that I have. But for it to actually happen is. Um, and if that video hadn't come out, and if you hadn't had someone on your page to you know kindly translate that for you, you would never know that that that's what happened. No, not at all. I mean, I knew that she came and. And the fact of it that she trained with me, but I had no idea that she saw it as um, as having that interpretation and having that purpose behind it. So, um, and that catalyst for her having that massive winning streak afterwards—that's so cool. Yeah, she's on fire, man. Like, I, I don't know. Saito is very, very cool. When I when I read this interview uh, translated into English by this guy Charlie um, about that explained how she had vacated that title because they basically were only letting her fight Little Tiger over and over again. You can hear what a thoughtful and kind of self-confident fighter she is. And she's pretty young. Like, she's just graduating from high school and deciding how she's going to go into university or taking time off or that kind of thing. She's 17 or 18 now. Um, but she's just like a, she's a very, very cool girl. So She also got that title shot by calling Little Tiger out. She also, yeah, this is cool. So she actually got that title shot to fight Little Tiger by going to a press conference where Little Tiger was being interviewed and basically forcing Little Tiger to see her 
and she stood up and with a microphone like called her out she's like why don't you fight me she's wearing her schoolgirl uniform <laughs> she's like why don't you fight me that is so fucking cool <laughs> right like i that couldn't be that cool awesome. if i tried <laughs> she's awesome i wouldn't have that type of confidence now and she she was what like 15 at the time yeah maybe 16 maybe something like that but god to like to know what you want and then go fucking destroy her too was like yeah it's pretty awesome it's <laughs> pretty awesome. It's awesome yeah and in japan where i'm sure little tiger's name alone is like you don't yes you know you have to force that situation to itself yeah yeah uh i'm going to restart this recorder as we transition so <clears throat> Emma, we've talked a few times on our podcast about your very, very long process of finding a gym uh, after leaving your gym for very good reasons. Um, and recently, I'm super excited because you've been training with Atachai, uh, which I've actually only done once in a private session uh, to review his gym. But seeing that you were going there made me really excited. And I actually want to hear all about your training there. Yeah, it's really awesome. It was, I mean, I've been to several gyms since I left mine I've been kind of hopping around and I, I've never really felt like like oh you know this is the place for me or whatever you know I've been at M and Air for a while now and I've been happy but I kind of knew that it wasn't the place that I was going to be long term so when last week or whatever it was that Kevin was like well, we th we think that you know Adachai's gym would be a good place for you and it's not too far away so I was checking it out and it turns out I fucking love it. <laughs> I love it. That's where I'm going to be now. Like, I just, I can tell. That's so I'm going to cool. be there for a while. Yeah. Are you the yeah, I, was, I was saying to Kevin, like, the other day, I was like, yeah, Eminence is okay, but it doesn't, really, it doesn't really feel like home to me. And and then I went and trained at Chai's gym twice, and, I, and I, I came back to my apartment and said to two, I was like, this gym does. This, this place does feel like home. And he was like, that's kind of weird because... I don't feel that about gyms. He kind of just sees them as like, it's just a place to train. Like, whereas I me, mean, I guess like, I don't know if I have this different like attachment, like I had with my old gym, it felt like a home to me. I mean, I did literally live there. But, <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, I couldn't see myself being at a gym long term without having that kind of feeling, but I can, I can see myself being at a tight gym for a while. It's, it's so awesome. Like, how did you feel training with him in that one private session? I actually didn't really know what to expect because I wasn't familiar with who Atachai was very much prior to going. Um, I was actually invited mm -hmm. by a woman who works for him. Um, and so we looked him up and we, we looked at some of his fights. And when you look at how he fights, there's this like, holy shit, like you can see what he is. Um, but he's really well known mm -hmm. for his femur style. He's very technical. He's very like, his timing is kind of amazing. And those are not really things you can teach. Um, so I wasn't... Yeah. I wasn't really sure how that lesson was going to go. And then those also really are not my style. <laughs> so it was, uh, I wasn't oh, yeah. really sure how, how well I would pick up these things, but his personality, he's just so sweet. He's like a, he's like a kid. There's like a youth to how sweet he is, but he's not immature. Um, yeah. And he spent so long, I think training people in Singapore who are of all different levels that he has like this, awareness of how he wants to bring out uh like when I when I first went there I was like I want you to teach me your style like I don't want you to just put me through some kind of program like teach me Adachai style 
And he looked at me like I was crazy. And I can't tell whether that's because he's unaware of what his style is or whether it's like, well, obviously I'm going to teach you my style because it's me. Like, how do I not do that? Yeah. Um, but he, every single thing he showed me is teaching timing, which I didn't know you could teach. So it was, it's not my style, but it was really enjoyable. Like the way he brings play into everything that he does makes him really fun to work with. And so I was actually really excited seeing photos of you sparring with him because I didn't, I didn't outright spar with him, but almost everything we worked on included that kind of playfulness so that you're just kind of like feeling through the techniques. Um, yeah, I was lucky that. because, I mean, I, I paid for a group session on my first day, but it was just me and him. So yeah. I, I literally got a private session and I was really surprised that I turned up and they were like, oh, okay, go run. And he came running with me. I was like, you don't, you don't need to do that. And he, he was more than happy to. He, he went through everything with me. It was so cool. And then uh, the next day, um, I said to, to the woman in the office, I was like, oh, can I come like a little earlier tomorrow? Is the gym going to be open? Because I want to run beforehand. Um, and she's like, yeah. Um, and then the next day I turn up. And I I I meant that I'm going to turn up by myself and go running beforehand. Turns out Adachai got out of bed early <laughs> to come and meet me at like 7 a.m. and run with me then. I was like, I, I, that wasn't what I was asking for. But he's nice. so sweet. Yeah. He's really, really nice. I really enjoy training with him. Yeah. And the other the other trainers he has at the gym are really cool too. Yeah, I didn't meet them. I saw them kind of peripherally because when I went, came for my private, they all said hello and were very nice, but then they just kind of like spread out because they didn't have anything to do. Um, but they seemed yeah. like very comfortable in the space, which I really like. Um, and I assume that you like went into the gym and met him there or did he meet you outside at the front of that insane jungle walkway? I walked down and met him at the actual gym. But yeah, the um, the area that it's in is fucking crazy. Because it's off on the road, which is, it's just a fucking road on ba in Bangkok. But then you go down the end and it's like, it's like a zoo. Every time, every day that I've walked down that little walkway with all the greenery around it, I've seen like loads of monitor lizards <laughs> scurrying around and stuff. Did you see any of those? No, thank God I did not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they were huge. But yeah, it's like this is like a little walkway along to, along like to the gym, which has these funny little signs on yeah. the walkway. Like, what do they say? Like, fake, 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 yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And like, you have to do a hundred. <laughs> my my favorite one is it's like, yeah, there's there's one that's next to a trash can that says, uh, "Don't drop litter or else." Hashtag death by Adachai. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was him that came up with that. But I enjoyed it. A girl from Singapore who must have trained with him at Evolve um, when she saw that I was training with him and I was describing how he just like stings you everywhere. She said we call that death by Adachai. So I guess when he's sparring with you and just kind of uh. messing with you, that's death by Adachai. <laughs> okay. So it's like a Another funny thing about training that. with him is that uh, every round you do, he calls it round one. <laughs> Every round would be like round, and then he'll wait for me to say it. I'm like one, okay. <laughs> That's awesome. And and you were saying how like his style is really technical, but he he likes at least on the pads with me. I find that he wants me to do a lot of like jumping around and like fucking flying kicks and all that stuff, which is is hard for me to do. Um, but what I find really funny is that whenever he wants me to do a Superman punch, he goes. Super uh, woman <laughs> every time. <laughs> he always hesitates. 
I noticed that uh, that in his trying, he tried, he made me do this like crazy jumping head kick thing that is like, I, I don't, I'm not a big person. It was not easy for me to like, he's not tall, but I, getting up to his head was really hard. Yeah. But when you have to do something really ridiculous like that, that you're probably never going to do, it forces you to kind of relax and just like, you know, can't be stressed about the fact that you can't jump up and kick someone's head because how can you fucking jump up and kick someone's head? Like he can, but yeah. you're not like stressed about the fact that you can't do that. So it kind of weaves in this, uh, Playful yeah, relaxation. When he does it, it looks so cool, and I just like it. Well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very cool. Yeah, I, I really, really enjoy training with him. Mm. Yeah, it's great. Hopefully you can come down and train there again, and we can train together. Oh, I want to train with you again soon. It's been a really, really long time. Yeah. I'm not going to try and figure out how long that's been. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna um, yeah. Are you gonna try to fight on his grand opening if there's if that happens? Um, I haven't heard anything about that, but because um, Kevin told me it was on the twenty ninth of May, mm. which I actually have off work. So if that works out, I would love to to fight on that because I have not fought in a long time, and I I you know it'd be time to get back into it. I'd be comfortable with doing that next month. Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. And uh, hopefully we're not fighting each other, but that'd be cool if we could all be on it. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I had yeah, the, uh, me. I had the, the unfortunate chance of fighting someone who I really didn't want to fight because we're friends recently. I fought against Guangtong, even though I told the promoter that I don't want to fight this gym anymore. Um, and he basically said he couldn't find a replacement. And so neither of us, like when we showed up to the venue to fight, didn't know that we were still fighting each other because we had clinched each other the day before I had gone to her gym. Um, and I, I fight people that I know pretty, I wouldn't say pretty often, but enough times that it's not totally unfamiliar with me. Like I'm friendly with Fa Chang Rai. We like chat to each other before a fight or something, but we're not like buddies. Um, so to actually fight someone who I am friendly with was a very weird experience recently because it's not that you don't, want to hit someone like you still go full power but there's no like yeah fuck you I hit you at the <laughs> at the end of it like the animosity <laughs> is gone so it's it's um yeah I don't know like there were times in the fight that she threw this amazing two supermans at me and I kind of looked at her and was like those were good like in the fight which was kind of fun it's like sparring <laughs> or something but there's also this just like super discomfort of um, even if, even if a fight doesn't matter that much, it feels shitty to lose and to know that you're like causing that feeling in one of you is kind of, I don't know, it wasn't fun. So hopefully, hopefully the promoters, um, don't trick us into fighting each other again <laughs> anytime soon. It is crazy though that you literally trained with her the day before and then ended up fighting her. Yeah. Cause he said that he was going to switch her out and then he didn't. And then when I when I was at the venue, she just assumed I was fighting someone else. So she came up and was like, wait, Sylvie, who are you fighting? And, like, showed me the program. And I'm like, uh, you. She's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Why were you at my gym yesterday if we're fighting each other? Uh, but those girls are very cool. Um, they, they make me happy. And it was... It was maybe especially weird because when we had worked together the day before, because we were both very sure we weren't fighting each other, um, I had like showed her how to get out of my lock and um, had a knee me in the face based on this turn that she was doing. And stuff. So I was like, huh, 
I wonder how fast she's going to pick up those yeah. things yeah. we worked on yesterday. Is the day enough to learn to do that? Totally. Um, so her gym is like an all-female gym, right? Yeah, so the Petang Pong gym up in Mei Rim in Chiang Mai is all-female. They have a couple of boys who train there, and I think periodically one of them will fight, but they're really not part of the gym. They're totally, like, throwaway. Um, but they all train themselves. Like, it's such a strong inversion of a male gym. Like, it's just like a male gym, but women. Um, and and just the, like, toughness that these women have and the support system that they have in each other is, like, so cool. I think that it changes opportunities for women in a really, really strong way just by the fact of it existing. Um, so I love being there anytime I can stop in and kind of play with them. And Petli La is just getting better and better. She's like the phenom of the gym. She just turned 14 this April. Um, and she's like mm -hmm. 55, 56 kilos and fighting Farong who are like 60 plus kilos sometimes. Um, and beating them. Yeah. She's just, she's very cool. She's got this like seriousness about her, um, that, that, is I'm sure she will be world champion if she wants to. So it's pretty exciting just to see her in this like stage of rising up. I like her a lot. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Maybe I'll end up fighting her. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> Could be. Because I mean, you like your last few fights, I mean, you're always fighting people who are bigger than you most of the time. But didn't you recently fight someone who was literally 10 kilos bigger than you? Yeah, so um, recently I've had people 10 kilos bigger than me, and then also well, I fought three times in four nights in Chiang Mai, and the last one was supposed to be Cherry, who I fought a few times before. She's bigger than me, but she just didn't come. And then uh, it was supposed to be replaced with Tananchinok, also bigger than me, but I love fighting because she's such a good challenge, also didn't come. Uh -huh. So I ended up fighting a girl who just wasn't on my radar because she's smaller than me. Like, I don't pay attention to fighters smaller than me. Um, she's the 43-kilo champion up in the north, but she's really tall, so I think she walks around at maybe, like, 46, 47, which is pretty close to my weight, but under. Like, I would guess she's one or two kilos lighter than me. Um, mm -hmm. It's been so long since I've fought someone smaller than me um, that it kind of freaked me out, and um, I'm... I'm so used to trying to move someone who's so much bigger than me that when I did the exact same move... And she just flew. Oh, my God, Emma. It was like, it was like when Spider-Man becomes Spider-Man and he rips the handle off the door because he doesn't know like, how, to, how to do it yet. Um, it was just... The, the referee actually told me. He's like, chill yeah, out. Yeah, I saw because I, I was watching on the live stream and I saw that you like... You, saw, you, like, folded her over, like, really early into the fight in, like, the first round. Yeah, I tripped her, and I thought that she would just go to the ground because that's what people who weigh more than me do. But she did this, like, banana peel, like, in the air and then down <laughs> kind of thing. And um, it, was, it was kind of an okay situation in that um, her, her trainer knows me. She's actually from the same gym as by Fern, who I've fought quite a few times. Um, and so her, her trainer mm -hmm. knew what she was up against. The, the promoter did not, like, trick her into fighting me. But as the Northern Champion, basically, the idea was if she can beat me, she's really, really good. And if she can't, nobody is like, why could you not beat Sylvia? Yeah, don't I'm worry here. about it. <laughs> it's like, oh, you didn't beat the Hulk? What a loser. Like, nobody, nobody yeah. cares. <laughs> um, yeah. 
and it's I, I actually told um, a friend of mine who's a fighter in Malaysia she was worried about fighting someone who she didn't think um, was a correct match for her and she's very early in her fight career but as I was telling her um, she was fighting someone who she thought was was too good for her potentially people were telling her she shouldn't fight her and I said if you don't fight people who mm -hmm. are better than you eventually you're gonna be fighting people who you're better than and you haven't earned that like if you don't fight yeah. up then when you fight down it's you're only hitting down but if you fight up first and then you have these moments where it's like that just wasn't a good match it's you've earned that like it's occasionally the match is in your favor and it just it's just not a great growing experience but it's part of the entire thing and it's been a really long time since I've had a bad matchup like that so um, as much as it was not my favorite thing and everyone in the comments is like oh my god this is amazing and I'm like oh my god this is a shitty matchup is what this is but yeah. I, guess, I guess that's why people love watching you know tie fight or whatever tie fight and yeah. Yeah. exactly yeah uh, um I uh, I recently I I got back from Chiang Mai and right after having these fights um, I got a staph infection in my knee, which um I've had staph before but I've never had it on a joint before so it was actually incredibly painful. Um, staph hurts anyway, but for some reason when it's on a joint it kind of feels like you can't walk. <laughs> I it was really hard so. Um, I was on these really heavy duty antibiotics uh, and and I had to cancel my fight against the star. Um, who I was really looking forward to fighting uh, because I've fought her twice before and I've never won. The first time was very close and we actually weighed the same. And then the second time she was like four kilos bigger and now she's like 10 kilos bigger. So it was getting a fight with her is kind of hard to convince my trainer to let me do because she's so much bigger. But um, apparently her dad was talking a lot of shit since she fought with Angie at my gym. Um, and so Pinu was like, uh, how about you fight Sylvie? <laughs> And unfortunately, I, I had to um, I had to pull out of that fight because of my infection. Um, it's you can't fight people when you have staff because it's actually contagious. Um, but yeah, so I had it's disgusting. It's super gross. Emma, when this thing drained, <laughs> it was like it was really gross. Um, but so I had like I had this weird period of being like not injured, but kind of not able to train fully because um, the doctor said that I couldn't go back to full training because the infection can get into your blood, blah, 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 all this stuff. So um, I got another fight just yeah, out of the dangerous. blue when I, was, um, when I was recovering. This promoter in Karat called me and asked if I could fight. So I took it because I was going to be finished by then. Um, I was already healing up. And uh, I didn't tell Pinu that I was going to go fight right away because I thought that he would not let me train fully, like he would make me right. stop or something. <laughs> So I'm like, he won't let me spar if I tell him I'm fighting. The reason he won't let me spar if I tell him I'm fighting is exactly what happened. <laughs> I was sparring with this kid who's smaller than me who was going a little crazy, and he broke my nose um, the, the afternoon before my fight. So I went into this fight uh, against a, a girl who everyone made seem like she was going to be way bigger than me, but she was maybe kind of average size for what I fight, like 52, 53. Um, but, oh, man, Emma, fighting with a broken nose, like, you, you want to keep your guard up. But when someone just barely touches it, the, like, the rage uh. you feel from the pain, <laughs> it's, like, it's intense, man. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of dealing but with... But how many times have you broken your nose now? I've broken it four times, including this time, and only once in a fight. It always breaks in training. 
Um, uh, and one kid broke it two times, so he's just kind of a dick. But, um, yeah, okay. so it was kind of a dramatic thing. The blood was, like, everywhere, and the the dad of my trainer was trying to, like, move my nose around and very confused that it wouldn't move because it looked so awful. And I'm like, no, my nose isn't straight to begin <laughs> with. It's just, like, more plastered to the side. So, um Incidentally, on the way home from Chiang Mai, I stopped to train with Karahat, and he has this, like, brilliant plan to have me just go southpaw, to, like, just reverse everything. Um, and it's super awkward and weird, but uh, it kind of, like, my guard is not great in southpaw, <laughs> so I have to really work on that with my nose. But maybe it'll start nudging it in the other direction, <laughs> like, standing this way. Um, and so I've been working on it a lot, and... Uh, the day before, maybe yesterday, um, Pinu was like, this is ridiculous. You can't just switch stance. You're going to, your guard sucks. You're going to get hurt, blah, blah, blah. And so Kevin and I actually had yeah. to talk to him about it. And now he's like, when he heard that it was important to me, he got all in. And for two days, he's only let me go southpaw in our pad work. Um, and what's kind of amazing oh, about it. Cool. Yeah, it's weird because it's awkward as shit <laughs> to like switch your stance. But because when I came to the gym in the first place, I wasn't a beginner, um, I've never gotten a whole lot of instruction, like correction from Pinu. It's been like small things over the years, but basically him like hurting me into the things that he wants me to do. Like he'll, he'll kick one side until I learn how to block and that kind of thing. But going completely southpaw, I look like a beginner. Like when I'm kicking the pads, I'm all awkward and he has to like keep correcting my, um, my yeah. hands and stuff. And so I'm actually getting the version of Pinu that's like super corrective. And I've known him for over three years now and it's just starting now. And it's actually like kind of incredible. It's like starting from this like baby step thing because I'm so awkward on this other side. Um, and I, I feel like it's um, kind of a monumental moment in my relationship with my gym and my trainer for him to kind of be against what I'm doing but then when he hears that it's meaningful he dedicates himself to it and in the process of paying so much attention to what I'm doing wrong and correcting those techniques it's like he's reinvesting in me as a fighter um, when I think that because I go and I fight everywhere else he's kind of not been super part of that for a really long time even though he has given me my blessing to go do that so it's um it's kind of an incredible moment for me at my gym. So as you're like coming to a new gym that finally feels like home, <laughs> I'm home yeah. already, but I'm like, dad's paying attention to me. <laughs> for the first yeah. time in a long time. <laughs> it's kind of cool. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. yeah. That must feel super awkward to be switching your stance like that. It's to learn really, all over again. Yeah. What's really weird about it is that I'm not a kicker. Like I just, I hardly ever kick, but for some reason when I switch my stance, my left kick comes out really easily. Um, okay. I have no idea why, but my left kick is actually uh, very intuitive and strong from that position. So um, uh, when I stand orthodox, I'm a clincher, and when I stand south by, I'm a kicker. That's <laughs> very weird. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Unlocked new new things. Yeah. It's just it's very weird to like um, find yourself off balance on things that should be really easy. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you just switch to your regular stance and do it to see how it should work. And then you can switch back and be like, oh, that's, that's the angle that's supposed to be on. So, um, 
Pinu was making fun of me this morning. He was like talking about how it's so hard to like eat with your left hand if you're right-handed. <laughs> I, like, I can't even pick up a coffee cup with my left hand. I'm really, really right-handed. <laughs> so it's interesting. See, I actually am left-handed. I, I am left-handed, but I can't fight Southpaw. That you write with your left hand? You're like full left. Yeah, I write. I only write with my left hand. I didn't know this about you at all. Yeah, I. The only thing I. I can do with my left hand is right. I can't throw a ball with it. I can't use a pair of scissors with it. I can't do anything. Even when I, I used to play drums when I was a teenager, and I couldn't play drums left-handed. It's weird that I do everything else with right-handed. My brother's kind of like that. He does all his delicate things with his left hand, like writing and eating, but then he'll throw a ball with his right hand, like power side. But I can't believe I didn't know that you're left-handed this entire time. <laughs> the sign yeah. of the devil, Emma. Yeah. So you'd think <laughs> that maybe, <laughs> yeah, you'd think that maybe if I kind of tried going southpaw, I'd have this epiphany and be like, wow, this is how it's supposed to be. No, it's, it's terrible. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you could do delicate things if you went southpaw. You could, like, <laughs> gently move someone. Maybe then I'd finally be able to do those fucking flying kicks or whatever. You should try it. Maybe, maybe I'll try that. Maybe you jump better <laughs> that way. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I feel like I'm starting from the beginning because I wasn't sparring and everything for so long. It's like I have to learn everything again. Yeah, it comes back though. I'm just I mean. I've, when I've been seeing the photos that you're putting up, are you taking those as snapshots or are you pulling those out of video as like a screen grab? Um, half and half. Some of them um, other people took for me at the gym and some I, I've just been setting up my phone in the ring to video the whole thing and then taking photos from it. Your kick is incredibly consistent. Like your form on it is like carbon copy. Like you have a a form on your kicks that you do not deviate from. It's kind of incredible. It's weird. My my right one is always like that. The left one is terrible, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> um, but that being said, I am obviously choosing the best photos. <laughs> Have you, uh, have you always, not always, but have you frequently <laughs> filmed and photographed yourself or are you using that as kind of a way to gauge things now? I'm just going to, I wasn't doing it all the time before, but I'm going to try and do it now all the time, yeah. What do you find when you do it? Like, yeah, like what are you looking awesome. for or what have you discovered out of it? Um, my boxing defense has gone completely out of the window. <laughs> That's what I've discovered. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good that I know that my hands are down all of the time so that's my main thing that I'm trying to work on which is something you work on when you first start somehow I've kind of just lost it but I just yeah. say it'll come back yeah 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 I think it's really good to be like doing your training all the time yeah I mean previously like I never got photos and video because I never wanted to ask anyone else you never want to like stop somebody else training to be like can you take a video but um yeah, I've just been, I mean, especially with Adachai's gym, where there's not really anybody else there, so I can set my phone up, like, in the corner and know that nobody's going to, like, step on it or anything. It's fine, right. So I can just video the whole thing. Yeah. 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 Maybe I should invest in a little tripod or something. Ooh. Yes. 
when I was at Eminent Air uh, last week and I was um, doing some sparring and I tried to put my, my phone on, on top of the corner. They have these kind of like wooden pillars at the corner and I put it up there, which was dumb. I don't know why I did that. And then as soon as he started sparring, he just fell all the way down. Luckily, it fell onto the ring and onto the floor. And it was him. I felt like an idiot. I really need to get a stand for it. Otherwise, I am just going to break it eventually. Yeah, they have those ones where the like the the legs are bendy and you can kind of like wrap it around the rope or something. How often? How often is like Kevin with you at training to like film you? Uh, recently, he's been here almost all week because we were filming for Nakmoy Nation, but usually not at all. Like, um, it's been a really, really long time since he's come and filmed my training and it, I think it was right when Facebook live came out was when I was doing live feeds of my training but it's it's been a while um I actually think it should be more frequent but it's he's he works so much and then there's the matter of me yeah. moving between gyms and all these different things so it's kind of hard to coordinate okay yeah so um Emma, as part of the uh, as part of our sign off, we usually talk about what podcasts or books or media we're consuming. So, so what are you doing? Oh, I haven't been listening to too many podcasts recently. Actually, I got I got back into This American Life recently, um, but I only listened to the free ones. Other than that, I haven't been listening to many podcasts. I've been working a lot. Actually, I just took on. An extra job. I've been doing um, some freelance writing to make some extra money, and I've had almost no free time mm. at all. Um, which means I've my my blog is kind of it's been dead for a little while. But this is it's all kind of to get to get me put up to be able to start training as much as I want to again. Yeah. So yeah, I've been working a lot. I don't have a whole lot of time to be doing extra shit. So what about you? <laughs> Um, I was actually a really hard sell on this one called Last Podcast on the Left, which uh, I, I listen to My Favorite Murder, and they mention it, and so I, I tried listening to it, and it's actually kind of the male version of it, but the, like, hyper male version of My Favorite Murder. So uh, in, in MFM, it's two women with, like, almost no actual facts <laughs> about the murder, basically talking shit. Yeah the whole time which is hilarious and then the the guy version is like super fact and information and research based but it's three guys who are complete nerds and kind of making very off-color jokes so it was a really hard sell because for the longest time I was like these guys are assholes um but when I went to Lao for my visa a few months ago I listened to this one that was on manifestos and um they were covering that horrible Elliot guy in California who um, killed people because girls wouldn't date him. Um, and oh, that prick! <laughs> yeah, that prick. So they uh, they imitated him, like they read some of his manifesto in this silly voice that's actually really similar to his actual voice, and um, it made me. Oh, laugh that sounds so terrible. Yeah, yeah, it made me laugh so hard, and actually kind of gave me this weird revelation into my own mental training, if that's not the craziest thing ever. Um, and so I, I actually have become really obsessed with this podcast, and I listen to it on our long runs out in the rural roads. Um, 
So while I'm chasing Pinu's older brother, who's insanely fast for a 46-year-old, um, I'm listening to three guys talking shit about murder. It's like... I actually did listen to one episode of last podcast on the left. I, I listened to the one they did on Eileen Wonos. Oh, that's new. I haven't listened to that one yet. Yeah, it's a two-parter one. It was pretty good. Mm. Yeah, they're, uh, they're Scientology slash L. Ron Hubbard. Have you listened episode. to True True Crime Garage? No, I know you, you recommended that one before, but I actually never remember the name of it when I get on iTunes, so I always forget. I should just write it down somewhere. True, true, true Crime Garage, yeah. Yeah, it's been recommended to me a lot, but I haven't I haven't got into it yet. So I, you just said you don't have any time, so I guess the answer to this is probably no. But are you not uh, <laughs> doing are you not doing mini marathon trainings? Um, I wasn't. Uh, I was actually looking at doing a half marathon next month. I haven't signed up for it though. Um, there was going to be a, a Bangkok like a midnight marathon next month, but that. The prices were fucking ridiculous. They want they want people to pay like one thousand five hundred baht, and I I will not pay one thousand five hundred baht to run, which I do every day anyway. Free. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there was another one that was like four hundred. I was thinking of maybe maybe do it. Yeah, I think um yeah. the ones the ones that the boys do here I think are generally like four or five hundred baht for registration. They're kind of um. I think that's the average that I'm aware of. Yeah, I mean, usually do the charity ones, and I, I only have to. I can only do ones that are like near the area, like where I live, because I always have to go to work straight afterwards. They're always on a Sunday morning, and I always have to be at work at like thirty on a Sunday. So I can only do the ones that are near me, which kind of limits me a little bit. You are so badass that you run like a half marathon and then go to work. I just want to hurt people after I do a long run. <laughs> Get away from me. <laughs> well, now I'm trying to just kind of, now I just want to focus on fighting again. Like, for a while it was like, okay, I'm going to do more, like, runs and stuff because I can't fight right now. But, yeah, now that I kind of have to try to get back into fighting and make that my focus. I cannot wait for that to happen. I'm very excited for that also, so... Um, no pressure, but <laughs> I yeah. hope that happens. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that is when, is, when are you next fighting? Oh, I'm fighting. Um, we're going up to Chiang Mai. I'm fighting on the second and the fifth. Um, and okay. I really, really, really hope that I'm rematching Nang Hong. Um, she's trying not to fight me, but I think that um, there's maybe a little bit of pressure from P Dang and from the stadium itself she's been on a winning streak she's been doing really really well so maybe she feels confident and will uh will come back for it but i owe her some stitches so i want to remember okay. <laughs> when did you fight her last it was a few months ago she um i was i was ragdolling her but she hit me with this front elbow and uh opened up a vein or like uh inside inside my forehead so it wouldn't stop bleeding and it was one of the rare times I had to actually go to a hospital for um, non-ringside stitches to get that mm -hmm. done, and um, it was it was kind of funny because after the fight, she like took this photo from Moise I Am with her el like pointing to her elbow about like oh I you know knocked her out with this elbow, and she pointed to the fucking yeah, wrong I one. I'm like that's the wrong <laughs> elbow. <laughs> Were you there? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> what do you do? Any elbow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
It was one of these. I don't know which one it was. <laughs> uh, yeah. I didn't know it was the wrong one. That's funny. Yeah. So now you have to go get it back. So you're yeah. going up to Chiang Mai and you don't know if you're fine when you get there? No. Um, sometimes I can sure. ask the promoter and they'll, they'll let me know. Um, but sometimes they're like, just come and we'll <laughs> let you know when you're here. So oh, okay. it'll be someone. But... Just drive for 12 hours and then see what happens when you get here. Yeah. I get to train with Karahat on the way up, which I'm really <laughs> excited about. So I'll be seeing him on Monday. Okay, cool. um, and then we'll, we'll finish on our way up. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, I'm, I'm very happy that he's, like, stationed at a gym now, so I kind of know where he is. Um, he's, I mean, he would always come and meet me anywhere uh, at, at Char Chai's gym or anything like that, but um, him being at this gym, I think, is kind of a stabilizing thing for, uh, for what he's doing, so. What gym is he at now? Is it, the, is it that corner gym? Yeah, it's corner gym, which the first time I went there was with Diesel Noy, and it was still under construction. Yeah. Um, it's actually yeah. a really, really nice gym. Like the, the kind of open front of it is, um, for me, it has a nice airflow. Karahat was complaining about how hot it was. Um, but it's, it's kind of like a ritzy clientele. Like it's this middle-class, uh, clientele that mm -hmm. do, he's teaching like beginner classes and stuff like that, which to me is funny, yeah. but I think that he's fine having, uh, not a whole lot of pressure on him for, for what he has to do. Um, but they have a, um, they have three trainers there now. They have a guy from Husamrit, they have Karahat, and then they hired a girl from Grungtep Tonbury, who was a bronze medalist two years in a row for the Thai, uh, Thai Games. Um, I can't remember her name, but she's uh, super, like, her forearms are insanely big. She's like this Tom who's really tough, and I was really <laughs> excited that she was from Grungtep Tonbury because I like those girls, so I like that they have The way you describe training. her makes her sound like Popeye. <laughs> she, she's a little bit like Popeye. She's got these like super square hands and then like these huge forearms. Um, With like anchors tattooed on them and stuff. <laughs> maybe. maybe. I'll, I'll bring her some spinach as a gift. I don't know. <laughs> I have a student named Popeye actually. Is it after the food or after Popeye do you think? It's a girl and it is after the cartoon because I asked her. Why would... Why? Why not sweet pea or olive oil? I guess those are harder to say. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's not. It's not even the weirdest nickname I have for my with my students. There's a I new liked, one every week. I like French fries. Didn't you have French fries because the mom craved them or something? Yeah. I have a new student called Party. Emma, please go download the Eddie Murphy song, My Girl Wants to Party All the Time, and teach it to your student. It will be epic. Okay. <laughs> Do you even know that song? song. Uh, no, I don't. Oh, it's awful. You have to get it. It's so good. Okay. <laughs> Who knew Eddie Murphy had a recording career? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. I'm going to turn this off. Thank you everyone for listening to Two Ladies in the Kingdom uh, as we reintroduce our podcast at the end. <laughs> <Or> <laughs> skip. I don't know. All right.